The ACB Braille Forum, Volume 59, July 2020, Number 1. Published by the American Council of the Blind. Read by Nancy Gahagan in the recording studio of the Perkins Library, Watertown, Massachusetts. Be a part of ACB. The American Council of the Blind, trademark, is a membership organization made up of more than 70 state and special interest affiliates. To join, contact the National Office at 1-800-424-8666. Contribute to our work. Those much-needed contributions, which are tax-deductible, can be sent to Attention Treasurer, ACB 6300 Shingle Creek Parkway, Suite 195, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, 55430. If you wish to remember a relative or friend, the National Office has printed cards available for this purpose. Consider including a gift to ACB in your last will and testament. If your wishes are complex, call the National Office. To make a contribution to ACB by the Combined Federal Campaign, use this number, 11155. Check in with ACB. For the latest in legislative and governmental news, call the Washington Connection 24-7 at 1-800-424-8666 or read it online. Listen to ACB reports by downloading the MP3 file from www.acb.org or call 518-906-1820 and choose option 8. Tune into ACB Radio at www.acbradio.org or by calling 518-906-1820. Learn more about us at www.acb.org. Follow us on Twitter at at sign A-C-B-N-A-T-I-O-N-A-L or like us on Facebook at www.faceb.org. B-O-O-K.com slash A-M-E-R-I-C-A-N-C-O-U-N-C-I-L-O-F-T-H-E-B-L-I-N-D-O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L. Copyright 2020, American Council of the Blind. Eric Bridges, Executive Director. Sharon Lovering, Editor. 1703 North Beauregard Street, Suite 420, Alexandria, Virginia, 22311. Table of Contents President's Message Welcome to the First Virtual ACB Convention by Dan Spoon How to Access the Virtual Convention by Janet Dickelman Affiliate and Committee News In Memoriam, Camille Caffarelli by Kim Charlson Summary of ACB's Board of Directors Meeting, April 23, 2020, by Deb Cook-Lewis. Belonging, Finding My Place in ACB, by Tyson Ernst. Tuesday Topics is back on ACB Radio Mainstream, by Paul Edwards. Mouse Assisting Inclusive Technology, by Rachel Haig. The ADA at 30, by Paul Edwards. Commentary. Give Boot to Not My Job Mentality by Larry P. Johnson. Here and There, edited by Cynthia G. Hawkins. High Tech Swap Shop. The Only Moment You Really Have Is Now by Ilana Brager. Are You Moving? 
Do you want to change your subscription? Contact Sharon Lovering in the ACB National Office, 1-800-424-8666, or via email, s-l-o-v-e-r-i-n-g at acb.org. Give her the information and she'll make the changes for you. Keep up with the most important ACB news and announcements without any other chatter. Subscribe to the ACB Announce List Serve. Send a blank email to announce subscribe at acblists.org or visit www.acblists.org slash mail man slash listinfo slash announce and type your email address and name where indicated. Check out ACB Radio Mainstream to keep abreast of happenings in the blind community. There are now two versions of ACB Radio Mainstream, Mainstream East, all times Eastern, and Mainstream West, all times Pacific. Check them out at acbradio.org slash m-a-i-n-s-t-r-e-a-m. President's Message Welcome to the First Virtual ACB Convention by Dan Spoon Wow, we have done it. Hip hip hooray! I want to welcome everyone to the 59th Annual Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind for our first virtual gathering broadcast across ACB Radio and the Zoom platform. We are in unique times, and the efforts of our members to pull together to present an outstanding event is a testimony to the passion and tenacity of our ACB family. The theme of the 2020 convention is A Path to the Future. This is a great theme for this year's convention since today's obstacles represent tomorrow's opportunities. Making opportunities turn into successes for people who are blind or visually impaired is what our work in ACB is all about. You will hear much more about ACB's successes during what should be our busiest and most information-packed convention ever. Every ACB convention relies on scores of volunteers who work to make this event possible. I want to personally thank the members of the convention committee, ably chaired by Janet Dickelman, the convention program committee, and the ACB radio team for their efforts. Likewise, let me acknowledge the work of our Alexandria and Minneapolis staff. You are all fabulous. Finally, a very warm welcome to those of you attending the ACB convention for the first time. This virtual event will offer our members and friends a wonderful chance to experience a truly exceptional program in the comfort of your own home. There will be 16 hours of audio-described tours, a robust vendor exhibit hall, and eight days of outstanding workshops with primetime shows each evening and daily general sessions with knowledgeable presenters across the full range of issues that impact our community. This unique experience will shape our organization for years to come. We will take the best parts from this year's situation and build it into next year's convention. We can't wait to get together in person next year. Enjoy a great convention. How to Access the Virtual Convention by Janet Tickleman Don't miss our virtual exhibit hall, our audio-described tour channel, ACB general sessions, and all the programs and seminars from our special interest affiliates, committees, and business partners. 
Join the American Council of the Blind in our first ever virtual convention. Convention dates are July 3rd through July 10th. If you have registered for the convention, you will receive Zoom invitations for the sessions you have selected and can join via computer or phone. Much of the conference will be streamed on ACB Radio using multiple streams. All general sessions and much of our afternoon and evening programming will be live streamed on ACB Radio. Other sessions will be recorded and replayed on ACB Radio. Sessions will be available as podcasts after the convention and archived for later listening on ACB Radio. There are several options to listen to ACB Radio. Listen from your computer by going to acbradio.org and selecting the stream you want to hear. Follow the convention via ACB Link on your smartphone. Download ACB Link from the Apple App Store for your iPhone or from the Google Play Store for your Android phone. Listen on the telephone by calling 518-906-1820. Listening via your Alexa. Follow the convention using Alexa. Seven Alexa skills exist for your use. The following phrases should be used to launch the streams. To play the ACB Radio Mainstream channel, say, Open ACB Radio Mainstream. To play the ACB Radio Mainstream West channel, Say Open ACB Mainstream West. Note, do not say Open ACB Radio Mainstream West. We can only use four words. To play the ACB Radio Cafe channel, say Open ACB Radio Cafe. To play the ACB Radio Community channel, say Open ACB Radio Community. To play the ACB Radio Live Event channel, say Open ACB Radio Live. To play the ACB Radio Special Event channel, say, Open ACB Radio Special. To play the ACB Radio Treasure Trove channel, say, Open ACB Radio Treasures. Social Media Follow the latest goings-on at the convention on Facebook and Twitter. www.facebook.com slash a-m-e-r-i-c-a-n C-O-U-N-C-I-L-O-F-T-H-E-B-L-I-N-D-O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L www.twitter.com slash A-C-B-N-A-T-I-O-N-A-L View our YouTube channel at tinyurl.com slash G-L-O-Z numeral 7 BQ. Additional listening options will be posted to the website and to the convention email list. Assistance during the convention. If you need assistance during the convention, contact our technology help desk via email acb.tech.help at gmail.com or call 612-470-1959. For general convention questions, call our Convention Information Desk at 612-470-1947 or email them at acb.info.helpdesk at gmail.com. You can reach Help Desk representatives between 9 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Staying in Touch 
To receive the most up-to-date convention information, subscribe to the convention announced list by sending a blank email to acbconvention-subscribe at acblists.org. Of course, I wish we could all be together in Schaumburg, but our 2020 path to the future will be a convention we will never forget. I look forward to sharing this experience with longtime convention attendees and those of you who haven't been able to join us in the past. Convention Contacts 2020 Exhibit Information Michael Smitherman 601-331-7740 A-M-D-U-O at B-E-L-L-S-O-U-T-H dot net 2020 Advertising and Sponsorships Marjorie Beeman, 512-921-1625, OLEO, numerals 50, at hotmail.com. For any other convention-related questions, contact Janet Dickelman, Convention Chair, at 651-428-5059, or via email, janet. D-I-C-K-E-L-M-A-N at gmail.com. Affiliate and Committee News Braille Games Volume 3 The Braille Revival League is selling books of word puzzles and other devilishly difficult word games. Available in Braille only. Volumes 1 and 2 have been available for a while now, but Volume 3 is hot off the presses and available now. And I have it on good authority that Volumes 4 and 5 are in the works. Each book contains nine puzzles and is available at a cost of $10 per book. But if you buy the entire three-book bundle, the first two cost $5, making your total for the bundle $20. We accept credit cards, checks, or PayPal to T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-R at B-R-A-I-L-L-E-R-E-V-I-V-A-L L-E-A-G-U-E dot org. If you have any questions or would like to place an order by phone, contact Jane Corona, 301-598-2131. Bridge the Gap with MCAC. On Sunday, July 5th, from 1.30 to 2.45 p.m. Eastern, the Multicultural Affairs Committee will hold a panel discussion called Bridging the Gap, featuring Dr. Jean Brooks as the facilitator. The panel will focus on the aftermath of the coronavirus. Will it bridge or broaden the gap? Join us for an insightful and probing conversation that will cover some important issues in our society, including race, class, and economics. To Mobility and Beyond The Transportation Task Force and the Environmental Access Committee are hosting the 2020 ACB Transportation Forum, To Mobility and Beyond. Two sessions and four workshops will be held during the forum. Attend one or attend them all. Sunday, July 5, 1.30 to 4.15 p.m., Transportation and Beyond. A mix of short presentations, Q&A, and guided discussions to provide general information on the following. How transportation and infrastructure projects are planned and funded. Impact of federal laws and regulations on the accessibility of transportation and infrastructure projects. Updates on emerging technologies and services impacting transportation and environmental access. Monday, July 6, 
3 to 4.15 p.m. Transportation Workshop. Reading the signals and navigating the chaos. Discussion topics include pedestrian access, leading pedestrian intervals, roundabouts, curb management, street furniture, and related issues facing blind and visually impaired pedestrians. 4.30 to 5.45 p.m. Transportation Workshop Part 2. Paratransit and the New Mobility Paradigm. Discussion topics include challenges facing paratransit customers, the use of taxi cabs, rideshare services, microtransit, and other emerging demand response services. Tuesday, July 7, 3 to 4.15 p.m. Transportation Workshop. They roll up the sidewalks at night. Discussion topics include intercity bus and rail services, transportation and pedestrian access within small towns and rural communities. 4.30 to 5.45 p.m. Transportation Workshop Part 4. What should paratransit look like? A focused discussion of paratransit. If people could design paratransit from the ground up, what would it look like? How would reservations work? What about shared rides, vehicles, technology, etc.? Wednesday, July 8, 3 to 5.45 p.m. Transportation Summary Workshop. Facilitator, Carol Wright, Director of the National Aging and Disability Transportation Center. The goals of this workshop are to summarize key findings from small group discussions on Monday and Tuesday and seek additional feedback in advance of ACB's development of a more comprehensive transportation advocacy platform. Provide training on how to build local coalitions that can support transportation advocacy efforts. ACB Women's Programs The newly named ACB Women, formerly Women's Concerns Committee, have three great events scheduled during the 2020 ACB Convention. Monday, July 6, 4.30 to 5.45 p.m., ACB Women present Yoga with Leslie Spoon. Not familiar with yoga? Leslie will help everyone from beginner to expert, improve your physical and mental health, achieve inner peace, and a more limber body. Tuesday, July 7, 4.30 to 5.45 p.m., an intimate conversation about women's health with Deborah Kendrick. Deborah will offer insights from her latest book, Navigating Healthcare, when all they can see is that you can't. There will be time for attendees to share some of their own experiences in the healthcare arena. This session is available to women only. Wednesday, July 8, 1.30 to 2.45 p.m. Sister Power Presentation. Hear from two dynamic women, Rachel Schroeder and Carla Hayes. They are both active members of ACB and will tell us about their lives as blind women. BPI celebrates 20 years. Blind Pride International, BPI, is celebrating their 20th anniversary this year. Join us for an exciting and informative program. All times shown are Eastern Time. Monday, July 6, 1.30 to 2.45 p.m. Voices from around the world with a twist. Take a virtual magic carpet ride with us as we welcome our international guests. The 2020 Voices from Around the World Virtual Luncheon will feature a panel discussion with four blind members of the LGBT communities in different parts of the world, including Asia, Europe, and Latin America, each of whom will be providing their perspectives on the intersection between culture, blindness, and LGBT. This session is co-sponsored by Blind Pride and the International Relations Committee. 3 to 4.15 p.m. 
Drive Your Forms with Google, an interactive demonstration of tech tools that can change the way you collect data. Learn how to reach your affiliate members with a few keystrokes. This session is a collaboration between ACB Next Generation, Blind Pride International, and ACB students. 7.30 to 8.45 p.m. Guided Meditation This mind and body workshop includes three sets of guided meditations to prepare for three life situations. A guide to restful sleep, centering the mind-body for romance, and a guided meditation to prepare for the workday. This session is co-sponsored by Blind Pride International and ACB students. Tuesday, July 7, 3 to 4.15 p.m. Dating in the Virtual Realm. How accessible are dating apps? Wednesday, July 8, 3 to 4.15 p.m. Securing your financial goals. Join BPI for this informative workshop. Our discussion will be led by a financial coach with 30 years of experience in the investment arena. Receive tips and pointers on how to securely invest for retirement or to reach your financial goals. 6 to 7.15 p.m. Get wine-wise. We believe that an ACB convention would not be the same without BPI's wine presence. Join us in a fun conversation about wine. Our very own wine connoisseur will lead this workshop, where we will learn about wine history, different grapes, varietals, denominations, and regions. Feel free to sip as we chat. Thursday, July 9, 5.30 to 6.45 p.m. BPI 20th Anniversary Virtual Happy Hour. Friday, July 10, 3 to 4.15 p.m. Easy Yoga for Relaxation. Join BPI as we learn how to relax through the ancient practice of yoga. This practice will be led by a fun and inspiring yogi. We will use a combination of easy poses and breathing techniques that will help us connect mind, body, and soul. We will learn valuable yoga tips that we can incorporate in our daily routines to take a relaxing break from our busy lives. Come Roar with the Lions Join the American Council of the Blind Lions at the 2020 Virtual Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind on Wednesday, July 8th. 4.30 p.m. ACBL Lessons in Leadership and the Work of LCI Lion, Christopher Shea Nickel, who was elected to serve as an international director of Lions Clubs International in Milan, Italy in 2019, is a member of the Paducah, Kentucky Lions Club, past president of the Kentucky Lions Eye Foundation, and a justice on the Kentucky Supreme Court. Follow Lion Shea as he travels the path from local club member to international director and learn about the initiatives of Lions Clubs International. 6 p.m. ACBL Millie's Place. How Lions Serve the Community. Your local Lions Club may buy glasses or collect used glasses to help those in need but many local clubs also participate in a wide variety of other service projects. Lions from across the country will share their local club activities and how they, as members who are blind or visually impaired, participate in those activities. Learn how to get involved in a local club, ways to encourage local clubs to support your ACB affiliate or chapter activities, and how ACB Lions provides peer support to help you along the way. All Lions, Friends of Lions, and anyone interested in becoming a Lion are welcome. Register for ACB Lions for just $10 to be eligible to win our special door prizes. Winners will be drawn after the close of the convention.
DKM Wednesday Blast. Get in on the Durward K. McDaniel Wednesday Evening Blast. We're rolling out the red carpet for the 2020 class of DKM first-timers during the annual DKM first-timers reception from 6 to 7.15 p.m. as they experience the best of both worlds. We will also introduce and honor the 2020 class of ACB, J.P. Morgan Chase Leadership Fellows. Meet special guests, friends of Durward K. McDaniel, founding father of ACB, and win attendee door prizes. Join in on the fun. We look forward to greeting you there. Have questions? Contact Chair Kenneth Semyon Sr. via email. S-E-M-I-E-N dot K at A-T-T dot net. Interested in ham radio? If you are interested in amateur radio or are a licensed ham, you are cordially invited to attend our first-ever virtual meeting on Thursday, July 9th at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Our speaker will be Lucinda Moody, AB8WF, Handy Ham Coordinator, who will speak about Handy Ham services to the blind and disabled and its importance to the amateur radio community. We would love to see everyone there who has an interest in amateur radio and those who want to know how to become a licensed ham. In Memoriam, Camille Caffarelli, by Kim Charlson. I am very sad to share with you that Camille Caffarelli, chair of the Banna Crafts and Hobbies Committee and founder and CEO of Horizons for the Blind, passed away on May 28th in her home in hospice care. She had been ill for a while and fought hard to beat her illness while maintaining a hand in day-to-day operations of Horizons for the Blind as long as she could. In recent months, she had to step away from Horizons, as well as her Illinois Council of the Blind work, in order to focus on her health. Unfortunately, she was moved into hospice care last weekend and lost her battle with cancer last night. Camille was very passionate about her Braille and used that passion to not only start Horizons for the Blind back in the 1970s, but also, just a few short years ago, was very instrumental in starting the Illinois Braille Revival League, an affiliate of the national ACB affiliate, the Braille Revival League. We have truly lost a gem and a friend in Camille Caffarelli, but her legacy and love for Braille will live on through the great work of Horizons for the Blind. I think it was best said by Rachel Schroeder, president of the Illinois Council of the Blind. If there was ever a reason at all to smile when that Braille bill comes in the mail each month, is that we can open it up, read the Braille, and smile as we think of the tireless work by Camille and others like her, who have worked so hard to keep Braille alive and under our fingertips. I was very pleased to have nominated Camille for the George Card Award from the American Council of the Blind at our upcoming convention. We were making arrangements to present it to her ASAP, but her death came so suddenly. It will be presented to her family and colleagues at Horizons for the Blind, and I hope it will give them pleasure. My only regret is that I didn't make this nomination years ago, so Camille could have known of our admiration for her great work in the world of Braille. Here is a bit of Camille's story from my nomination letter. Camille Caffarelli is currently the executive director and founder of Horizons for the Blind. She has worked with numerous organizations to promote accessibility for the blind and visually impaired, providing Braille and large print educational materials to organizations such as the Botanic Gardens, Brookfield Zoo, Field Museum, Smithsonian Institute, and NASA. 
Horizons produces tens of thousands of pages of Braille annually, with a staff of over 50 employees, 60% of whom are blind or visually impaired. Blind since birth, Camille realized, even as a child, that experiencing life through the cultural arts should not be limited to those who view them in traditional ways. In the 1970s, Camille was married and had three small children. But after her husband died of a brain tumor, she became the sole provider for her family. While raising a family alone would have been a difficult task for many, Camille's situation was slightly more complicated because she was blind and her opportunities for work were more narrow. Camille was left with three children to raise, trying to figure out how she would be able to support her kids. How could she make a difference? What could she do with her life, after all, with three kids to take care of? And being blind, what was she going to do? Camille was always very interested in cultural institutions and the access people who were blind or visually impaired had to museums, theaters, zoos, and the like. She thought if she could start a business, that would make these places more accountable to the blind and visually impaired community. It would be something she would be very interested in and something she could make work with her lifestyle and family responsibilities. So in 1977, out of the basement of her home, Camille started Horizons for the Blind, a nonprofit organization dedicated to improving the quality of life for people who are blind or visually impaired by increasing accessibility to consumer products and services, the cultural arts, education, and recreation. She began lecturing at the Art Institute of Chicago and helping others to appreciate works of art from a tactile perspective, noting that sometimes sight isn't the strongest sense. Her first opportunity came when the Chicago Botanic Gardens requested tactile maps, artwork, and braille signage for their nature trails. The success of this project was quickly followed by similar opportunities at the Shedd Aquarium, the Brookfield Zoo, and the Chicago Field Museum and Horizons for the Blind was off and running. From the original staff of two volunteers, Camille now directs a staff of more than 50 employees. Through her innovative work, the range of products and services now offered by Horizons includes Braille, large print and audio, billing and credit card statements, hotel directories, restaurant menus, newsletters, and much more. Drawing from her own life experiences, Camille and her staff have produced a catalog of over 400 low-cost accessible books and craft kits for the enjoyment of blind and visually impaired consumers. Books on topics ranging from cooking, gardening, household hints and medical tips, to knitting, crocheting, poetry, and books of historical interest. Soon she started getting inquiries from utility companies and banks, wondering how they could make billing information more accessible to people who were blind and visually impaired. She remembers those times when she had to have somebody read her phone bill to her. Camille's mantra has always been no matter how much you like someone, you probably don't want them to know the balance in your bank account. So she worked with these institutions, the banks, the phone companies, the utility companies, so people who are blind or visually impaired have equal access to information. Today, Horizons for the Blind prints approximately 30,000 monthly statements in Braille and large print from its Crystal Lake headquarters. Most recently, Camille and her staff at Horizons launched directionsforme.org, a website that provides the information that's on consumer packages or labels in a simple online format for anyone who has trouble reading the small print, including people who are blind or visually impaired. It provides a consistent, quality source of complete packaging information 
for everything from preparation or cooking instructions to ingredient lists to nutrition and drug facts labels for many common grocery, health and beauty, and general merchandise products. In addition, it also provides potentially life-saving allergy and drug interaction warnings. For those watching their carbs, fat, sodium, or cholesterol intake, Directions provides a user-friendly way to get access to this information. Gaining comprehensive information access fosters self-sufficiency and allows individuals to lead a more healthy and independent life. Directions for Me was designed to be completely accessible with text-to-speech screen readers, screen magnifiers, and braille displays, as well as web-enabled cell phones. Throughout her career, Camille has been committed to partnering with national and state organizations which support the needs and interests of people who are blind or visually impaired. She has been honored by numerous groups such as Lions International, Chicago JCs, City of Chicago Honor Roll of Handicapped Chicagoans, and the recipient of the Impressa Award from the Women's Division of the Joint Civic Committee of Italian Americans. She has also served as chair of the advisory committee of the Illinois Library Program for the Blind, state chair for the Blind Services Planning Council for Illinois, and currently serves as chair of the Crafts and Hobbies Committee of the Braille Authority of North America. Camille believes that what our function is in our life is to make a difference, and that's why she's here, to try to draw out whatever is the best in us and make it work for everyone. She exemplifies what the award is all about access, empowerment, and advocacy. Summary of ACB's Board of Directors Meeting, April 23, 2020, by Deb Cook-Lewis. The ACB Board of Directors held a meeting via Zoom on April 23. This meeting, as is now the custom, was streamed on ACB Radio, and the archive is available online. ACB President Dan Spoon opened the meeting with review and approval of the proposed agenda, followed by approval of the March 30, 2020 minutes of the special meeting, which was called regarding the 2020 ACB Conference and Convention. The mission moment for this meeting focused on the efforts made by Kelly Gask in preparing for and organizing events and logistics for the leadership conference held in February. Kelly was primarily responsible for securing the hotel, arranging the logistics, supporting leadership training for the board, which was held the day before, and most other aspects of the event, all while performing her regular duties for ACB. Kelly said she really enjoyed the experience and is looking forward to doing it next year. Dan began his president's report with comments on what he called ACB spirit. He thanked the board, ACB staff, and the membership, for the tremendous response in changing and uncertain times as we prepare to conduct our first-ever virtual convention. Everyone has taken a can-do spirit and marshaled our resources to make this happen. Dan reported that both the primary and overflow hotels in Schaumburg have waived ACB's contractual obligations, and all parties have agreed that ACB will schedule a future convention in Schaumburg in 2023, which is our first available date. The hotel is also asking for a $15,000 deposit, which will be applied to the 2023 contract. The board voted to authorize Janet to negotiate the contract and approved the $15,000 deposit. 
Dan next called on Jeff Bishop to discuss a proposal from the ACB radio management team regarding waiving fees during 2020 for affiliate requests to stream and Zoom their virtual conventions. This would greatly help affiliates who may not have adequate resources or technical skills and will give the ACB radio team much-needed practice in preparation for the ACB virtual convention. They further proposed to refund fees taken in during 2020 from affiliates who had already received assistance from ACB Radio related to their conventions. The board approved this proposal. Eric Bridges, ACB's executive director, explained the partnership ACB has engaged in with Be My Eyes. This is an app that connects blind people with thousands of sighted volunteers who provide visual assistance for many tasks at no charge. ACB was invited to have a listing in the specialized support section of the app. Blind and visually impaired people can contact ACB through the app to receive information and referral, advocacy assistance, or other services. Staff will be evaluating the impact of this resource over the next few months. Eric next reported on the recently held policy forum coordinated by VisionServe Alliance. Ten national organizations attended, with Eric, Dan Spoon, and Clark Rockfall representing ACB. The initial plan was to discuss the broad range of policy issues impacting people who are blind and visually impaired, but most of the discussion focused on the response to COVID-19 issues, such as accessible voting, IDAA waivers, etc. It is hoped that these organizations will embrace a set of initiatives that they could agree to work on together. They will meet periodically to achieve this goal. In March, ACB was scheduled to implement a server migration project to Microsoft Azure. Unfortunately, the vendor did not perform well, and the scheduled migration did not happen. ACB has now expanded its contract with Louisville Web Group to include the project, and the migration will be rescheduled well before the convention and with plenty of notice. ACB is in year five of the Alexandria office lease, which expires in April 2021. Eric and Kelly negotiated renewal terms with the landlord and asked for some reorganization of the layout in order to potentially accommodate two more people, which could be staff, interns, etc. It has been agreed that the lease will be extended three years at an increase of 2% per year and will include remodel of the space at no charge to ACB. There was discussion regarding whether adequate social distancing could be maintained in ACB's offices, and Eric thought it was achievable in both locations. The board voted to give Eric and Nancy authorization to sign the lease. Clark Rockfall, ACB's Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs, described ACB's collaboration and efforts regarding accessible absentee voting, which has increased visibility due to concerns regarding COVID-19. ACB led a sign-on letter to Congress from 75 organizations calling for accessibility of absentee voting as a requirement for any additional stimulus package. ACB, the National Council on Independent Living, ACB of New York, the New York State Independent Living Council, and several individuals filed an ADA complaint with the Department of Justice against the state of New York for failing to offer an alternative to paper mail ballots for the primary. Clark indicated that all activity is focused on COVID-19 and that all organizations are stretched for resources. Issues such as whether people on SSI qualify for the personal stimulus funding are new and uncharted ground for consumers and advocates. Cindy Van Winkle, ACB's Membership Services Coordinator, said that they are still compiling the membership certification, but right now membership is down about 6.2%. 
she will know by convention whether the outreach efforts are paying off in terms of lapsed members rejoining. Cindy continued by highlighting the community calls that have been taking place during the COVID-19 period. There were 14 community calls between March 17 and 31. There have been 59 more calls from April 1 to 23. Many are sponsored by state and special interest affiliates or ACB committees, and some are organized by individual members. An email list has been established to keep people informed about scheduled calls, and it has 195 subscribers. Due to security concerns, call information is no longer posted to ACB's website. Tony Stevens, ACB's development director, talked about his first two months in his new role. The convention is our largest revenue source besides the thrift stores. This year, the landscape for the convention looks different. It's too early to know how this will play out, but there is currently $123,000 in convention sponsorships. The Resource Development Committee is going strong, and the usual fundraising events associated with convention will happen with a virtual look and feel. Tony stressed the importance of having a strong narrative to support donor communications. Nancy Becker, ACB's chief financial officer, reported that ACB and ACBES applied for and received assistance through the Paycheck Protection Program, PPP, which loans funds to small businesses to help them retain employees during the COVID-19 closure. If the organization provides documentation showing that the funds went to salaries, rent, and utilities, the loan will be forgiven. The stores are now closed, but may be reopened with curbside pickup in the coming weeks. The stock market has been down between 16 and 28 percent since the beginning of the year, but ACB's investment policies protected assets from the fluctuation extremes with only an 11 percent drop. Janet Dickelman, ACB's convention coordinator, reported that ACB is still negotiating tour refunds. 1,679 people are subscribed to the convention email list where Janet sends regular updates. The advertising and exhibitor information has all been updated and is being posted online. Opening general session will be Sunday, July 5, with the banquet on July 10. Registration opens May 21st. Janet provided other details regarding exhibits, virtual tours, affiliate programming, and much more. The Board of Publications, as reported by me, is busy preparing for a convention. We will have a session July 4 on how to access ACB. We will publish the convention newspaper, we anticipate making three awards, and we will generally be assisting wherever needed. In May, we plan to hold a community call, the Forum on the Forum, where we will solicit feedback on our activities with emphasis on the publications. Debbie Hazelton and Jeff Bishop reported that ACB Radio continues to add new programming and is also actively involved in planning the convention audiovisual logistics. And now, if you're wondering why this report is so long, well, the meeting lasted just over three hours. Fortunately, I'm on the West Coast, but they'll make me pay the next time they hold a meeting at 5 a.m. my time. Belonging. Finding My Place in ACB. By Tyson Ernst. During one of the early community calls started in response to the national stay-home orders, a gentleman by the name of Phil, hailing from Georgia, stated, For the first time, I feel as though I am connected to the ACB. Since then, I've reflected on Phil's honest sharing of a bright moment in his week and find his thoughts echoed within my own. I first came to ACB through the Illinois Council of the Blind and the many wonderful people who make up this great affiliate. 
Soon after moving to Illinois in 2017, I attended the state convention and found myself among a community where I felt both welcome and accepted. Despite such a reception, I often struggled inwardly to find my place within the affiliate, not from a sense I don't belong with the ICB. Rather, I'm unsure how I can fit my piece into an already existing puzzle. And I must admit, I have had starts and stops in this continuing journey of finding my place. I feel fortunate I am surrounded by good leaders who offer encouragement and guidance in those moments when I stumble. It is because of these leaders and the examples they provide that I have recently begun to consider the work of the ACB and wondered how I can fit into their puzzle as well. Through the ACB community calls, I received my answer and I found my place. And it all began with an invitation. In one of the early community calls, Cindy Van Winkle extended the opportunity to email her with submissions to host a community event on a subject you held some degree of expertise in or passion for. I sent her an email the following day with a proposal to present on the Victor Reader product line. Her answer back to me within a few hours was an enthusiastic yes. My talents as an instructor with a career reaching back 34 years, combined with my knowledge of the device, gave me the confidence I could offer a thorough and engaging presentation. The feedback I received after that first call gave me the encouragement to prepare a second event for the following week, all of which has grown to a weekly community event. Those successes gave me exposure to the greater ACB community and so many people across the country. I have met, virtually, individuals from one side of the nation to the other and made some fantastic connections. When I join the social calls, I am greeted by a community of people who I now consider friends. Like that first convention with the ICB, I feel welcome and get the sense my contributions matter. This is the greatest gift the ACB community has given to me. Since that first presentation, others within the ACB have reached out and presented me with further opportunities to give back. And now I feel a belonging within the ACB as much as that of the ICB. I feel connected to the national community much the way I do with my state and local affiliates. In a recent community event, Annie Davis talked about finding our authentic voice, and I believe I have found mine. Not in song, as is her gift, but in talking with all of you, whether through the tech calls or through participating in game labs with a variety of incredible individuals to just having fun talking about Star Wars. When I began, I had hoped to offer something the community could benefit from, but it pales when compared with what I have received from this new sense of community, this newfound home and family I have found in ACB. I now feel not only that I have a place within ACB, but that ACB has a place for me. For all those reading this, ACB has a place for everyone, and all you need to do is seek it out, to ask, where do I fit in, and to listen to where you are called. Tuesday Topics is back on ACB Radio Mainstream by Paul Edwards. It is perhaps a little unseemly to self-advertise, but I wanted folks to know that Tuesday Topics is back on the air. For those of you who are veteran ACB radio listeners, you will remember that the idea of Tuesday Topics is to choose a particular topic, invite a guest, usually, and then open that topic for discussion by those who are on the call. As I write this, we are up to our 10th show and have covered a pretty wide range of issues. We looked at the impact of the virus on a couple of shows as it particularly applies to us blind people. We have done a show on mail-in voting, another on how our two largest state affiliates are surviving the virus, 
and a show on a new book on navigating the medical morass as people who are blind. We are using Zoom, and we advertise the calls pretty widely on various lists. What I want all of you to know is that if you just want to listen, we are on ACB Radio Mainstream at 8 p.m. Eastern Time every Tuesday, live. The show is repeated at 8 a.m. on Wednesday and is also repeated at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Sunday. Please make Tuesday Topics part of your week. Mouse Assisting Inclusive Technology by Rachel Haig Have you ever witnessed a bunch of kids choose their teammates during recess and there is one disappointed child standing on the sidelines as no one steps up to the plate to pick him? Nothing perturbs me more than leaving a person out. This is my analogy for the concept of inclusive technology, including all users on a computer, smartphone, and tablet, regardless of their disability. I have been in a myriad of scenarios on my smart devices when my screen reader will not identify a link, text, or headings. One must take a deep, deep breath before relenting in a task on a website or application with inaccessible content. Teaching assistive technology is my profession and my passion. I am blind and a user of multiple screen readers. Instructing clients who are blind and low vision can be a challenge at times. I am certified to teach both magnification and speech access programs, in spite of my inability to view magnified content on a screen. It is my duty to present, and sometimes research, solutions in helping an individual utilize assistive technology. Recently, a client signed up for classes with me to learn to use Zoom on an iPad. The client has cerebral palsy, and he controls his wheelchair with a joystick and buttons to maneuver in his surroundings. Not only is my client visually impaired, but he struggles with maintaining control of his hands as a result of tremors. This man, in his mid-30s, would like to use Zoom on his iPad as his vision recently decreased. Voice control with the iPad was a near-impossible task for him, as he has a speech impediment. Usually, such classes require teaching the client to locate the accessibility settings, tapping on Zoom, and toggling the Zoom button on. Afterward, the client learns to take three fingers and performing a double tap on the screen with a drag up to increase the Zoom level and drag down to decrease the Zoom level. Unfortunately, my client experienced difficulty in performing the aforementioned steps. He could not execute the three-finger double-tap, nor the drag-up or down. I attempted to turn on the Zoom controller to help the client try to one-finger touch and drag the left-right slider to Zoom out or in. However, he could not perform this gesture either. He can enter the passcode on the iPad to unlock it. However, he cannot steadily control the Zoom gestures. I needed to find him a solution. There had to be a way to help this man use his iPad. He informed me that he uses a computer with a mouse, but he does not type on an external keyboard. I reached out to Accessibility Tech Support to try to figure out a solution for this gentleman. Most of the accessibility features explored could not cross over. After nonstop digging, the solution arrived. In the latest iOS 13 for iPhone and iPad, one can connect a mouse through accessibility settings. Brilliant! Either a wired or Bluetooth mouse connects to the iPad and iPhone with assistive touch turned on. Of course, one might wonder how to connect a wired mouse to an iPad or iPhone. The wired mouse plugs into an Apple Lightning to USB 3 camera adapter. My client independently accessed the Zoom controller on the touchscreen with the mouse pointer and proceeded to move the slider left-right to zoom in-out. 
In the Assistive Touch menu within Accessibility Settings, one can adjust the size and color of the mouse pointer. Additionally, I further researched a way in which my client did not need to hold his iPad while sliding the mouse around on a table. AbleNet Incorporated turned out to be another solution. In my recent studies in becoming a certified assistive technology instructional specialist, I came across this name in some of my coursework. So I reached out to AbleNet, where I was led to find a cradle and wheelchair arm to hold my client's iPad in front of him as he used the mouse to play word games and navigate Safari. Words cannot begin to describe the elation in the client's voice upon receiving these tools for him to use the iPad with Zoom. He thanked me profusely and asked to shake my hand. We should all have a chance to partake in the innovations put out into society, regardless of our hindrances. Although the research process to find a solution was somewhat arduous, the result was worth every painstaking minute to help this humble individual. Where there is a will, there is a way. Never give up. I did not want to turn away training for a student just because there was not a clear-cut solution. Instead, I wanted to go the distance so all can be included in the use of technology. Check out connecting a mouse to an iPhone or iPad while running iOS 13. There are lightning camera adapters available for purchase online. Just make sure you go to turn on assistive touch, locate the device, wired mouse or Bluetooth in the settings, and the mouse pointer will appear. Spread the word to support more accessibility awareness. The ADA at 30 by Paul Edwards On July 26, 1990, there was a huge ceremony at the White House. A huge number of people with disabilities were invited to witness the signing into law of the first comprehensive civil rights law for people with disabilities. I think it is fair to say that people with disabilities felt that a new era of inclusion and equality was dawning. Thirty years later, the ADA is hardly discussed. Many fail that it has failed to live up to the expectations we had for it, and clearly many are sad that we are not further along than we are a generation after its passage. The media have done their best to paint the ADA as a huge boondoggle that people with disabilities have tried to take advantage of because we are selfish and greedy. Many companies who began as champions of the legislation have backed away from their support because many of their customers have begun to have negative notions of the ADA. There are those who would suggest that we have nothing to celebrate on this, the 30th anniversary of the ADA. I am not one of those people, and there are good reasons. First and foremost, once you say to a huge group of people that they have rights, you can't unsay that. We are told in the preamble of the ADA that we have been discriminated against forever and that it is not okay. More than that, we are told that we have the right to expect to be treated as full citizens of the United States, not as second-class citizens who should expect to feel inferior. The second thing the ADA has done is to mandate a lot of training. Whether employees of state and local governments liked it or not, they had to learn about disabilities and about the people who have them. I believe that this is a huge advantage. If people without disabilities are asked and required to learn more about those of us who have disabilities, it cannot help but narrow the misunderstanding gap that has forever created a chasm between our two groups. So on the 26th of July, 2020, I will drink a toast to the ADA. It is an imperfect law, and many of the expectations we had are yet to be met. Its affirmation that people with disabilities ought to be treated just like everybody else is powerful, and we need to do a better job of persuading ourselves that we matter. I hope that we will reaffirm the importance of the ADA and that we will do more to push where we can to make enforcement better. 
we still have a long way to go before we will reach a place where all of our civil rights are protected. But in the meantime, let us celebrate how far we have come and pledge to go further. Commentary Give Boot to Not My Job Mentality by Larry P. Johnson Reprinted from the San Antonio Express News, March 7, 2020 Editor's Note Larry Johnson is an author and inspirational, motivational speaker. He is available for luncheons, small group programs, or conferences. Contact him by email at larjo1 at prodigy dot net. I know today's younger generation, millennials, don't often read the newspaper. So I'll ask you, if you know any millennials, to sit them down and read this piece to them. If they just won't sit still long enough to listen, at least give them a copy. Person 1. I'm bored with my job. I got too much free time. Person 2. What you complaining about? Play games on your phone, text a friend, or just take a nap? Wish I had your job. A job is a contract, an agreement between employee and employer. The employee agrees to perform certain tasks— stuff envelopes, flip hamburgers, buy groceries, or whatever, and the employer agrees to pay him or her a certain amount of money for doing it. The agreement can end any time if either party becomes unhappy with the arrangement. If you're bored with your job because you have a lot of free time, the employer may decide they don't need you anymore. If you're spending time texting your friends, playing computer games, or napping, that's not what you're being paid to do, so expect to be given the boot. Well, What does it take to be a good employee and hold on to a job? There are a lot of possible answers to this question. But as a former human resources manager, I would suggest three important elements, initiative, indispensability, and integrity. If you have downtime on the job, look for extra things to do. Let your boss know. Offer to help a coworker. Don't use the excuse, it's not my job. Initiative gives you the chance to learn other skills and build positive relationships. Become indispensable. Let the boss know you can be counted upon to fill in for someone who may be out sick. Calm down a customer who is upset or fix a problem no one else can fix. If you make yourself indispensable, your boss will pick someone else to let go first if he or she has to downsize. The quality of being honest and having strong moral principles is how the dictionary defines integrity. Are you cheating your employer by goofing off and wasting time, doing sloppy work, or using company materials for personal use? I can assure you, the higher you aspire to climb in an organization, the more important and valuable will become the quality of integrity. It is a fragile commodity. Once it is lost, it is very hard to restore. Let me wrap up this little lecture to the millennials by sharing a story called, Whose Job Is It Anyway?, It's a story about four people named everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. There was an important job to be done, and everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did. Somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought anybody could do it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. It ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. The story may be a bit confusing, but the message is clear. No one took responsibility, so nothing was accomplished. This is true whether we are talking about big problems like climate change or small ones like taking out the trash. We all have jobs we can do, should do, and need to do. And that's how I see it. Here and There, 
Edited by Cynthia G. Hawkins. The announcement of products and services in this column does not represent an endorsement by the American Council of the Blind, its officers, or staff. Listings are free of charge for the benefit of our readers. The ACB Braille Forum cannot be held responsible for the reliability of the products and services mentioned. To submit items for this column, send a message to slovering at acb.org or phone the National Office at 1-800-424-8666 and leave a message in Sharon Lovering's mailbox. Information must be received at least two months ahead of publication date. Lighthouse Guild Awards Scholarships The Lighthouse Guild awarded 12 college scholarships of $8,500 each to graduating high school students who are legally blind, and three graduate school scholarships of $2,500 each to college graduates who are legally blind. Lighthouse Guild scholarships are awarded for strong academic accomplishment and merit. This year's recipients are Jalen Ballard, Toledo, Ohio, University of Michigan. Jasmine Cairns, Chester Springs, Pennsylvania, Stevens Institute of Technology. Kevin Cohen, Hewlett, New York, Binghamton University. Samuel Folsom, Noonan, Georgia, Georgia Tech. Cash Gian, Shrewsbury, Massachusetts, Trinity College. Kelly Jones, Alexandria, Virginia, Columbia University. Jackson Lamb, Midlothian, Virginia. George Washington University. Marissa Nisley, Berlin, New Jersey, Georgetown University. Catherine Steffen, Louisville, North Carolina, Boston University. Samuel Theo Harris, Fayetteville, New York, Brown University. Nola Timmins, New Orleans, Louisiana, Georgia Tech. Sean Zuby, Spring City, Pennsylvania, University of Pittsburgh. Graduate scholarship winners are Melissa Segarra, Doral, Florida, UCLA School of Law. Teresita Rios, Simi Valley, California, University of Notre Dame Law School. William Leibson, Long Beach, California, University of California, Irvine, Ph.D. in Mathematical Behavioral Science. Teaching awards went out to two teachers for their exemplary service and assistance to students who are blind. John Gretz, math teacher, Miami Valley School, Dayton, Ohio, Scott Seacrest, physics teacher, St. Francis de Sales School, Toledo, Ohio. Envision Dallas names new VP of Development. Envision has named Amy Britton, Vice President of Development for Envision Dallas. In her new role, she will develop and execute a comprehensive fundraising plan for Envision Dallas. Britton has a master's in higher adult and lifelong learning from Michigan State University and is a certified fundraising executive. The Dallas native joins Envision from Michigan State University, where she served as Director of Development for Texas and the Great Plains region for eight years. Having more than 16 years of experience working in nonprofits, Britton previously held development positions with Consumer Credit Counseling Service of Greater Dallas, Girls Incorporated of Metropolitan Dallas and Camp Summit Incorporated, a residential camp in Dallas for children and adults with disabilities. New Facebook Group A Facebook group has been formed for attendees of the Louisiana Center for the Blind or the UNO Computer Program in New Orleans. Others are also welcome. The group is called The Blind Finding the Blind. Check it out at tiny 
www.yaurl.com slash YA, numerals 3-4, YQAA. New from National Braille Press. Now available from National Braille Press is Tactile Landmarks by Tactile Vision Graphics. It comes in uncontracted Braille. You can explore and color tactile drawings of five famous buildings and landmarks. Newly available is Will Schwartz's Mind Games, 100 Alphabet Riddles. It is available in Braille and as a BRF. Eileen Curran's The Big Book of Braille Puzzles, 50 Searches, Anagrams, and Ladders to Help You Master Braille, is brand new and available in Braille and large print. Need to spice up your suppers? Sandwiches lost their luster during the stay-at-home period? Check out the cookbooks at tinyurl.com slash ycgb numerals 525d. Under free digital downloads for kids through August 31, check out Totally Silly Jokes by Allison Grams for some of the silliest, wackiest, and wildest jokes. Looking for adventure? Look no further than Choose Your Own Adventure, The Abominable Snowman by R.A. Montgomery. For more information, visit info.nbp.org slash d-i-g-i-t-a-l-d-o-w-n-l-o-a-d-s. For more information, call NBP toll-free 1-800-548-7323 or visit tinyurl.com slash ydxlc numeral 3sa. High-Tech Swap Shop For sale Small Talk Ultra 2 in excellent condition, rarely used. Includes carrying case, new double-capacity battery, and other accessories. Asking $200. Two Triple Talk USB hardware synthesizers in like-new condition. Both have the original power adapters and USB cables. Can be powered by internal battery and can be used with both window eyes or jaws. Asking $150 for each or $275 for both as a single package. Braille Blazer in excellent condition with carrying case and box of paper. Asking $200 negotiable plus shipping. Unopened box of Braille-on thermoform paper, 8x11, 500 sheets, 3-hole punched. Asking $25 plus shipping. Serious inquiries only. PayPal payments accepted. Contact Jonathan Millam via email m-i-l-a-m-j at w-f-u dot e-d-u or by phone at 336-462-4179. For sale, OrCam MyEye Reader version 7. Very rarely used. Works great. I have the original box and all accessories and paperwork. Asking $1,700. Contact Mary Lee Turner at 503-956-5088, Pacific Time Zone. Please leave a message if I am not available. Looking for. I'm looking for a Victor Reader Stream. If you have one that has all the accessories, contact Ronnie Palmer at 615-765-7375. Looking for. Mini discs for a Yamaha MD4 four-track recorder to be used for music. Contact Walter Chavira at 
1-800-242-7249. Looking for. I'm looking for a Packmate, type and speak, or any sort of portable note taker. Contact Tanya Smith at 734-586-0433. Looking for. Marcus is looking for a second-hand or refurbished Braille display with low price compared to new ones. He would prefer a Hymns Braille Edge 40 or Vario Ultra. Contact Marcus via email marcusvinicioslira at gmail.com. The only moment you really have is now. By Ilana Brager. Editor's Note. This poem initially appeared in the February e-form with a typo. Below is the corrected version. End of note. Whatever happened, happened. And it's over. Whatever happened then is gone. The now, this moment, now is what you have today. The now, this moment, now, is all you have. You may imagine that you have tomorrow. You may hold on to troubles from the past. You may believe that love can conquer all. You may believe that hope will solve all problems. Believe what you wish. Cling to the faith of your fathers. Feel what you feel. Honor the ways of your mothers. Be who you are. Do what you do. Remembering the only moment you really have is now. ACB Officers President Dan Spoon, First Term 2021 3924 Lake Mirage Boulevard, Orlando, Florida, 32817-1554. First Vice President, Mark Reichert, First Term 2021. 1515 Jefferson Davis Highway, Apartment 622, Arlington, Virginia, 22202-3309. Second Vice President, Ray Campbell, First Term 2021. 460 Raintree Court, Number 3K, Glen Ellen, Illinois, 60137. Secretary Denise Colley, First Term, 2021. 1401 Northwest Lane Southeast, Lacey, Washington, 98503. Treasurer David Trott, Second Term, 2021. 1018 East Street South, Talladega, Alabama. 35160. Immediate Past President, Kim Charlson, 57 Grandview Avenue, Watertown, Massachusetts, 02472. ACB Board of Directors, Jeff Bishop, Kirkland, Washington, First Term 2021. Donna Brown, Romney, West Virginia, Partial Term 2021. Sarah Conrad, Madison, Wisconsin, Second term, 2021. Dan Dillon, Hermitage, Tennessee. First term, 2021. Katie Frederick, Worthington, Ohio. Second term, 2022. James Crott, Miami, Florida. First term, 2022. Doug Powell, Falls Church, Virginia. First term, 2021. Patrick Sheehan, Silver Spring, Maryland. Second term, 2022. Michael Talley, Hueytown, Alabama, first term 2022. Jeff Tom, Sacramento, California, first term 2022. ACB Board of Publications, 
Debbie Lewis, Chair, Clarkston, Washington, Second Term, 2021. Paul Edwards, Miami, Florida, Second Term, 2021. Zelda Gebhard, Edgeley, North Dakota, Partial Term, 2021. Susan Glass, Saratoga, California, Second Term, 2021. Penny Reeder, Montgomery Village, Maryland, First Term, 2021. Accessing your ACB Braille and eForums. The ACB eForum may be accessed by email on the ACB website, via download from the web page in Word, plain text, or Braille ready file, or by phone at 518 906 1820. To subscribe to the email version, visit the ACB email lists page at www.acb.org. The ACB Braille Forum is available by mail in Braille, large print, NLS-style digital cartridge, and via email. It is also available to read or download from ACB's webpage and by phone, 518-906-1820. Subscribe to the podcast versions from your second-generation Victor Reader stream or from http colon slash slash www.acb.org slash bf slash.